Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your witness and husband, Zach. And I am your narrator and wife, Diana. I got it right this time. And this is our part two of our spooky Halloween Lovecraft-esque special. How are you doing, my darling? I am okay, considering I got stung by a wasp today. Which is wild to me. It's super weird, and what's weird about it is that this wasp was in my hair. Like, but my hair's in a ponytail. It wasn't in the ponytail part of my hair. It was on the scalp part. Like, it just landed on my head. And then because it was walking on my head, I went to to swat away or move whatever was on my head, and it stung me. So that's the day that I had. I got stung by a wasp. That was a spooky enough story that I don't even think we need to play Lovecraft-esque now. I I mean, there was a lot of build-up. There was this climax. You didn't know where it was going. Mm -hmm. You definitely weren't told the end at the very beginning of that story. (laughs) So here's the thing about Lovecraft-esque. Last episode, we finished one scene. Yeah. Lovecraft-esque takes at least six scenes. So if we don't want Zach and probably also our listeners to hate us... Uh, with a three-hour part two episode. We should probably get moving. Yeah, we should probably get on. Not to cut short your stories. I understand. You don't like it when I talk. I understand. I love it when you talk. I love (laughs) listening to all of your stories, Uh, but we should probably jump right in. That's good, because I have a scene that I think we should do, and I'm kind of nervous about it, so I kind of just want to get it over with. Okay. Well, just be prepared. You have to be the narrator at least three more times. I know, and I'm not prepared. As a quick refresher, uh, we are playing a game called Lovecraft-esque. It's a game for making Lovecraft-style cosmic horror. Uh, We are playing as a young man named Carlos in the town of Redemption, Nevada. Mm -hmm. Carlos is a young man who is an amateur astronomer, and one night while going out to witness a comet that passes by every 70 years... Carlos came upon a youth group of uh, young people and their pastor, Tim, who uh, invited him to watch the passing of the comet with them. Pastor Tim made Carlos a little uncomfortable, I think. Um, yeah, he was weirdly friendly. There was a lot of, like, he, he did the, the creepiest thing in the world. When he was shaking Carlos's hand, he clasped it. Yeah. With two hands. <laughs> That's weird. Weird people. Weird situations happen. Or like, I'll be really... honest. I like to do that with my like close friends. Well, I will like. I was when just... I'm very excited to see them. If they're like close friends who I'm not necessarily comfortable hugging because I don't really like hugs, I will like do the the hand clasp in place of a hug. Well, I was gonna say it's super creepy people, or it's like grandmas. <laughs> Grandmas do it, I think, a lot. They do a lot of like, oh, dear, it's so nice to see you. As I'm making that voice, you know you're picturing it in your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I guess I'm a grandma now. Yes, we're both grandmas. Okay. Now, uh, since I narrated the last scene, we switch. You become the narrator and I become the witness. So I take on the role of Carlos. Yes. So set up the scene, narrator. So it is the next night. Carlos is feeling however he's feeling after witnessing the comet but he's at work it tired feeling tired well so then he's tired at work 
Probably because he stayed up all night. Yeah. As a refresher, he works at the local... Uh, $2 movie theater. Thank you. $2 movie theater. And so there's probably, like... he's He probably got to work at, like, 11... Because the first show's at like one or whatever, and he has to—he works at the concession stand and has to help set up. I don't know how this works, but that's what I'm saying. I guess he got there at eleven. The next show is at noon. That makes more sense. Okay. So that is a thing. So he's very tired, apparently. What day of the week is this? Good question. Slash, is this summertime or autumn? It's a Sunday. Okay. It's a Sunday. All right. And he's been working all day. Because it's now not the morning. It's now dusk-ish again. Which is super hyper crazy movie time for everybody. But it's a Sunday, so like there's probably not a lot of little kids. Not a lot of families are going. More teenagers and stuff. He's not at the ticket booth. He's in the count he's at the candy counter and he's like dog tired. It's an awful day. And in comes Pastor Tim with a different set of kids. A completely different... There's not a single kid that is the same. But there is Pastor Tim. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of surprised because my mom always gets really mad at me when I take uh, Sunday morning shifts because it means I have to miss mass. But I don't really care about that kind of thing because um, mass is for losers. But I did think that all the other, or that, I don't know, this is small town Nevada, so how many churches probably are there? 15, 20, rural, <laughs> small town Nevada. That's, um, that's a lot of churches. I, that's the joke. Okay, fine. But I am surprised to see a youth group at a movie theater on a Sunday morning. Well, I guess it's you said it's one yeah, it, Sunday well, afternoon. No, it's dusk time now. It's later in the day. He'd been working oh, all day. Oh, 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 I see, I see. He'd been working all day. Less weird, but still weird. And I definitely have like a... Can I... I'm sorry. Can I retcon something? Yeah. I want it to be three. I want him to have been working for a while. Three in the morning? No, three in the afternoon. Three oh, the afternoon. okay, I see. I want him to have been working for a while, but not all the way at night. I'm rethinking how I want this scene to play out. So it's like three. Okay. At first, I'm kind of excited because I think Jacob might be there. But then when I realize that Jacob isn't in the group, I kind of just get skeeved out thinking about Pastor Tim again. But I, I, I do my thing where I stand up straight, and I think I kind of, like, wave a little bit. Oh, that's good, because Pastor Tim made direct eye contact with you when he walked in. Big smile on his face and walked straight up to you. So mm. it's good that you waved at him. Okay. He, he comes up, he approaches your counter, and he puts out his hand again. To shake your hand. I, uh, I, like, shake it. And he does the same creepy thing where he clasps it in both hands and he's just like, Oh, Carlos! Direct eye contact, big smile on his face with lots of fake teeth. Oh, Carlos! It's so good to see you again! I'm so happy to see you! Uh, weirder the second time. Um, I say, uh, yeah, uh, nice to, nice to see you again, uh, Pastor Tim. I didn't know, uh... You came here. I don't think I've ever seen you here before. Oh, it's my first time. And then he pauses uncomfortably for a while. And then he goes, we're actually here as a celebration. Uh, oh? Yes. And then he, like, um, he puts his arm around a boy who's 14. It's a little bit younger than Carlos, but not 
a ton younger than Carlos, puts his arm around him and he goes, Abraham here. It took me a second to think of a name. Abraham here. And he like pats him weirdly on the chest. Like his arm is all the way around him and is patting this Abraham kid on the chest. Mm-hmm. He's just like, Abraham here, he's been initiated. I guess I kind of like look to Abraham and uh, I look back at Pastor Tim. I go, oh, is that like, uh, like confirmed? Is that like, like confirmation? You could say that. Direct eye contact, fake teeth. Like Hollywood what teeth. What did you say? Okay. I'm saying like, I'm like Hollywood yeah, teeth. Like, like I don't know what those are called. Super straight. Yeah. Like, super yeah. white. Clearly not real. What are those caps or whatever on your... Wait, you mean like literally are not real teeth? Well, uh, the Hollywood teeth aren't real teeth. Those aren't real teeth. Those are like... They're like... They put things on your real teeth. They're Veneers? Like, maybe that's what it is. Is that what it is? I don't know. They're not real teeth. It's okay. fake teeth. That's not a human tooth. Hollywood does not have human teeth. What do you think? Do you think they all just take out their teeth? No, I think they have those like cap things. Those think, like things that slip onto your teeth. I think that's veneers. So they look nice. But they're like... Your, your teeth are like little nubs. You look like Gollum. Are you talking to me? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying to paint a picture of what I think this is. Well, that's what it is anyway. That's what it is in this okay. guy's mouth. It's like these weird things that like pop onto the nubs of your teeth. It's gross. Did you say Carlos's teeth look like Gollum's? No. Or my teeth? No. Zachary. Tim. Tim. Tim the pastor. I'm talking about Tim the pastor. Tim the pastor's teeth look like little nubs. And he puts this weird... Well, I don't know that. Thing. Okay, but that's what... I, but it, Hollywood teeth. He has Hollywood <laughs> okay, teeth. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're very good at this. I'm setting a very creepy scene. Hollywood teeth, direct eye contact. You you could say that. Carlos, I know I'm not supposed to say what he's feeling or whatever. Yeah, you know you're not. No, right. but he notices a thing. Oh, okay, There's an aura. Fine. He's noticing a thing. Abraham keeps playing with this ring that's on his left pointer finger. Okay. It is this big huge ring. It like it doesn't fit his finger and it is massive. It's really massive. It's a giant signet ring. It's clearly made for a much much larger man. Okay. But he's wearing this signet ring that has like a cameo on it. You know like those like the white lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the white lady outline, the outline of a lady that's all in white, and people usually, ladies sometimes wear them on necklaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's on this ring, and it's like this big signet ring, and there's this like green iridescent background, and there's just this cameo on this ring, and he keeps playing with it. And when Pastor Tim puts his arm around Abraham, he furiously plays with this ring. Okay. Like, twists it, pulls it, kind of just keeps touching this ring. Okay. And just won't stop playing with this ring. And it's a gold... I want to... This is very important. It's a gold ring. Okay. It's much bigger than his hand. Mm-hmm. And it's beat up. Like, okay. there's, like, scratches in it. It's not. It's not, like, this... It's not beautiful, clear gold. What does Carlos think uh, once he notices this? I think uh, Carlos, like, looks at this kid, like, fidgeting very nervously, looks at, like, creepy Pastor Tim and says, um, can I get you some milk duds? Pastor Tim still has his hand around Abraham, pats him, just like, no, we're just going to get two large popcorns. Is it just him and Abraham? No, it's not. I forgot to tell you how many people there are. There are maybe... 
There's maybe seven people in total, including Pastor Tim. And he wants two large popcorns? Two large popcorns. And he keeps patting Abraham creepily. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and I go and I make the two large popcorns. And I'm like, do you want you want the liquid butter on that? Yes, please. He leans in slightly, says that creepily, direct I, eye contact. I, I very much want him to just go away. Okay, <laughs> so I get the popcorns. I give them to him. And, like, I ask for the money. Here, yeah. Here you okay, go. Okay, great. Thanks. Here you go. Oh, thanks. Um, here's, your, here's your change. When do you get off of work? Tonight I get off uh, late. Oh. Again, direct eye contact. Oh. That's a shame. I would have liked to celebrate it with you. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe, uh, maybe another time. Um, yeah, maybe another time. I, I what uh what what church are you guys with? I didn't realize you didn't know. Well, we're the children of the Redeemer. Okay. Well, uh, good to know. Maybe I'll um yeah, maybe maybe I'll uh, ask Jacob about it in chemistry tomorrow. So um, even bigger creepy smile. Please do. I don't think he's blinked this entire time. Okay. We're going to say that Carlos hasn't noticed the blink. I don't know if he hasn't blinked. I guess that's up to you to decide if Carlos notices the blink or not, but... Okay. You're, uh... I think your movie's probably going to start soon. Oh. Thank you. Enjoy your work. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the movie. You guys, have a good time. I think the kids leave, except for Abraham, who is no longer being held by Pastor Tim, but is just kind of standing there like a zombie. Not moving, not looking anybody in the eye, but not like he's afraid to look anybody in the eye. There's clearly not anything going on in there. Kind of a zombie. He's an empty vessel standing next to Pastor Tim, who's got all this creepy personality and energy. There's not a lot happening with Abraham, but that ring. He keeps playing with this old, tarnished, too big for you ring. Do you want me to pay attention to the ring? Do you want me to notice the ring? No, I don't know if I do. I don't well, know if I, I want you to pay attention well, to the I ring. Well, I mean, I definitely noticed the ring. <laughs> this old, tarnished, too big yeah. for him ring. How, how big is the ring? It's too big for him with oh, okay. hand motions and everything. Oh, okay. I think Pastor Tim and Abraham stay just a little. Thank you. And then just walks away back into the movie. Well, not back into, but towards the movie Sorry. theater. I have a special card. All right. I, uh, okay. Here's my special card. Play this card after any scene that includes somebody with strangely old-fashioned behaviors, behavior or possessions. I guess I should have waited to see how Carlos is responding to that creepy, creepy thing that just happened at the end there. I do that. How does Carlos respond to the creepy thank you? Uh, I A shiver kind of runs up my spine, and then I go back to restocking the candy because I, I just don't want, I don't want to talk to Pastor Tim. I don't want to think about Pastor Tim. I don't want to deal with, what was it, the the church, the... The children of the Redeemer. The children of the Redeemer. I don't want to deal with it. I just, he's gone watching his movie. I just want to go back to my shit. Okay. Now I'm going to play this special card that I have. <laughs> and the special card is, play this card after any scene that, in, that included somebody with strangely old-fashioned behavior or possessions. Okay. And that's what I was trying to convey with the ring. I mean, I was trying to convey a lot with that ring. All right, so what does that do then? So in part two onwards, we can reveal implausibly detailed knowledge of times long past, 
reveal ancient writings that appear to refer to a present-day person and reveal ancient images that appear to to predict a present-day person. So if that comes in handy. Just for my, just as a clarifying question, is Mm -hmm. a cameo signet ring strangely old-fashioned? I mean, have you seen one? No, I guess not. Ooh, wait, okay, hold on, no, I, okay, so now I have ideas for how to use this with poor Abraham. I don't think signet rings are very popular. I, like, I was going to go with a, a pocket watch, but some people still kind of use those. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think of, like, a men's jewelry thing, and I didn't want to go with a monocle. <laughs> so, like, what else is there? Okay. Um, all right. So, we ended the scene. Ended it. So, that ends scene two. Now, we take a moment to write down our clues. So, I think the clue for this scene was uh, Abraham and the signet ring. Mm-hmm. And then we jump to conclusions. So, we take... The clues that have been revealed so far, and we can scrap our previous conclusion. Uh, you can use it as as uh, inspiration, but you're coming to an entirely new conclusion mm-hmm. that's trying to take together all of the clues so far. Uh, and now we are switching. Yes. So it is 1 a.m., and the movie theater has closed up. Mm-hmm. And Carlos is done for the night. And he is walking out. Well, rather, you're ready to leave the the movie theater. And you have your uh, your mom let you borrow the Chevy... Uh, SUV thing. SUV thing um, to take to work. And uh, it is a long, dark parking lot between the neon light of the... $2 movie theater and where your car is. I'm definitely creeped out. I don't think I've recovered from Pastor Tim being super, super creepy. So if I'm done and I'm on my way to my car, I think I'm just I'm just booking it. I'm not running, but I am very fast walking towards my mom's car with my keys out. Hey ladies, what's up? Keys out in between my fingers, trying to walk towards the light avoiding dark, suspicious objects, trying to be out in the open as much as possible so that I can see anything coming towards me Mm -hmm. or so that I can't be trapped. As you're walking towards your car, you see kind of like above the horizon line, you can just barely make out the point that is uh, the Codriel Comet Mm -hmm. very dimly in the night sky. And above that, you can see all the stars. Uh, It's very dark out the light pollution isn't too bad, so you can see all the stars above you, but there is something weird about them. Do I notice what's weird about them, or do I have to kind of stop to look at them to see? As you are walking to your car, you notice that the stars... Well, the first thing that you notice is the Southern Cross. What's that? It's a constellation that is visible in Australia. I would know that. You would know that. And I would be like, what the fuck? Why is this here? Hmm. I've never seen this in person before because I shouldn't. What is going on? Mm -hmm. And when you look up, you notice that the entire star map of the night sky above you is not what you expect it to be. Is it not what I expect it to be or is it wrong? It's wrong. Okay. 
Um, is it accurate for Australia, or is it like hodgepodged together? Well, Carlos doesn't know because he's never been there. That's true. But he does know that the Southern Cross is only visible in the Southern Hemisphere, and he is, or er, and that's probably the Southern Cross. Okay, so he's he's fairly certain. Okay, so Carlos is Carlos was uneasy. He hasn't made it to the car yet. Mm-hmm. He's uneasy. Has been all day. He is now unbelievably freaked out just crazy freaked out and also like he's not freaked out just because of pastor tim he's freaked out i'm losing my mind i haven't slept enough in the last few days i'm losing my mind i'm going crazy i need to get home as fast as possible he thinks he just needs to get home and just get some sleep because that can't be the southern cross this guy cannot be wrong. Pastor Tim cannot be that creepy. This just, none of this can be what it is. Okay. So, uh, Carlos just, like, ignores it and goes into his car? I think so. I think he tries to get into his car as fast as possible. I think the truth is that he's, as as he's getting into his car, as he's driving out of the parking lot, I think he can't help but stare at the sky. I think he continues to stare at it. Like, Blinking really hard a couple times, maybe rubs his eyes a couple times. Like, what, I cannot be seeing this. This can't be right. Well, once Carlos pulls, once you get home, mm-hmm. pull into your the driveway. Driveway. Mom's drunk. Mom's driveway. Um, turn off the car. Get out. The stars are there. You can clearly see Ursa Major, the North Star, Orion's Belt. So the sky's back to normal. Yeah. He's more convinced that he just needs more sleep. Like, I think he's super freaked out. He's really, really freaked out. And he's just like, I, this I can't, This can't be right. I need more sleep. I can't keep working like I'm doing. Okay. Apparently. I can't keep doing that. But he's very freaked out in his soul. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that ends the scene. So we wrote down our clues and jumped to conclusions. And now it's my turn. We established that he left the movie theater at one mm-hmm. the last scene happened at one o'clock in the morning i want to set the new one the new scene in the high school but would a 16 year old work until one o'clock in the morning and then get up at six o'clock to go to school at seven which is the time a lot of high schools start here on the east coast i don't know how they start carlos would all right then that's what carlos does yeah so it's carlos is logical and curious and he doesn't want to miss school and he is, uh, he's got nothing better to do. So, yes, he is waking up in the morning and going to school. All right. So, it's Monday morning. It's his second period class. He struggled just because he didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. And he's... I have a coffee. There you go. So, he's in school. He's struggling. He's got his coffee to wake him up. He's probably still a little bit out of it. And he goes to chemistry class. And they are doing a project today. They're starting a project today in the classroom where they get to pick their own seats. Where does Carlos sit? Uh, he looks for Jacob, obviously. Mm-hmm. He finds Jacob and he, he like walks up and he's like, hey, uh, do you mind if I, can I sit here? Jacob looks at him kind of questioningly. It's like, uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. I sit down next to Jacob and I'm like, um, I ran into uh, Pastor Tim yesterday. He uh, came to my work, came to the movie theater out on Broad. It's kind of weird. 
Jacob's face kind of lights up, but not in like a, it, he lights up with like recognition, if that makes sense. And he's just like, oh, you know Pastor Tim? Uh, yeah, I, I met him with, with you the other night at Calodriel's Comet. No, you weren't there. I, I went stargazing with Pastor Tim and some of the other guys to go, to go see the comet, but uh, you weren't there. Yeah, yeah, remember I, I came up with my own telescope and you were like asking me about how I bought it and stuff? No, no, I, no, it was just our, it was just our youth group. Are you sure you remember me being there? Yeah, I met creepy Pastor Tim. Well, hold on. Pastor Tim is a lot. He's got a lot of a personality, but he's not creepy. He's just kind of weird. You seriously don't remember meeting me at the the starport. That's not what it's called. <laughs> at the at the viewing station and to watch the comet. No. You know what? I think I think Mary was there. Mary. Mary, do you remember seeing Carlos at the comet? No, see, no, she doesn't remember it either. We, you, you must have us confused. But did you see how cool that comet was? I mean, yeah, I saw it. I saw it with with you. No, no, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. You just said you were there. No, I wasn't there with you. I wasn't there with you. I wasn't wherever you were. I saw the comet, but I wasn't with you. You, you must have me confused with someone else. And as Carlos continues to be like, no, we were there. We saw it together. Jacob is more and more insistent. I was not there with you. I saw the comet. I was with the youth group, but I was not there with you. Fine. If you want to be an asshole about it, and I don't know what like game y'all are playing with me, but if you want to be an asshole about it, then fine. I will be in a group with someone else. I don't. I not. Nah. It, it's it's fine. I, whatever. With, whatever. Uh, and Carlos gets up and he looks for a new partner. Carlos, at probably at some point, looks over at uh, Jacob to see if he's being like for real right now. And Jacob just looks really confused and maybe a little bit concerned when he looks over at Carlos like, I, I don't, and like Carlos can hear him like, I don't know what he's talking about. We were there, but I didn't see him. I don't, I don't know what's going on. We should talk to his friends, make sure he's okay. Whatever, Jacob's a dick. I don't even care anymore. End scene. All right. So. Do clues and conclusions. So the clue is his partial amnesia. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it is after school, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's evening. Mm-hmm. The it's still it's like dusk out. It's like pre-dusk. Um, the sky is like these very nice like dark hues, and Carlos is getting gas at okay. the local or at the at the Jaja. The gas station slash convenience store. Yeah. Uh, or the the, the uh, fuel light came on in the in the SUV. What do you want? I think Carlos is almost enraged. He's angry at himself. He's angry at Jacob. He's just like super angry because he's sleep deprived. Because he hasn't really gotten any sleep for the last two nights, mm-hmm. and because Jacob was so rude in chemistry. He was so rude, pretending like he didn't know that we had hung out. Like, that was so rude. And I think he is going into the Jaja to pay for the gas and to get a cup of coffee. 
a cup of coffee after school after not getting any sleep? Yeah. Carlos. What? <sighs> it's almost like he's Zachary Woodard. You're not taking care of yourself. I know. It's almost like he's Zachary. Not taking care of yourself. You uh, pay for your coffee, pay mm-hmm. for your gas, and as you are walking out of the gas station, Abraham is standing at your uh, SUV. Oh, I am so uncomfortable with this. I am so uncomfortable with him at my car, and I'm so angry, and I'm so awkward, and I'm so, so many feelings. But I continue walking to my car. I think I stop, like, when I see him. <sighs> and then keep walking. He's, uh, he's like, standing by the fuel pump. Um, how old was Abraham again? Is he 14. He's, so, like, a little. he's obviously he's, a little younger. Yeah, he's, like, a freshman in high school, whereas... Um, Carlos is probably like a sophomore or junior. Do you just walk? What do you? So sorry. He's he's standing next to the fuel, like in between the fuel pump and next to like your uh, the fuel tank. Yeah, I just walk up to him. Um. Hey. hey. I don't want to be it. I don't. I don't want it to be me. Okay. What? What is it? I don't want it to be me. I think it should be you. I don't know. I think Carlos starts to look around a little bit more, like panicked. He, like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like fiddling with the uh, with the signet ring, um, and like looking at the asphalt. And he goes, "I, I don't want it to be me. I think it should be you." Um, Pastor Tim wants it to be you anyway. He doesn't want it to be me, so I think it should just be you. I, I, I don't want, I don't want it to be me. I think it should be you. I don't listen, kid. I just want to put gas in my mom's car. I don't know what's going on. But you and Pastor Tim can figure it out, I'm sure. I'm going to put gas in my car and then I'm going to go. You should go inside. They might be able to help you in there. He takes off the signet ring, puts it on the, I guess, like on the bumper, mm-hmm. and runs. How developed can we make Carlos as a character? However we want. Okay, he's Catholic. He's not touching that. That is some bad, evil eye stuff. He's not touching it. He's not touching it. He's not touching that ring. It is surrounded by evil, and it is the devil's work. And even if he thinks that Catholic Church is silly, most Catholics do. He's not touching it. So, he's not touching that ring. Oh, this ring is giving me the creeps. Oh, this is Diana talking. This is giving me the creeps. Oh, it's Carlos talking, too. This ring is giving me the creeps. (laughs) Those are the sounds that are going on in his head. Mm-hmm. But this ring is on the car? Yeah, it's on the bumper. I think Carlos, because Abraham ran, I think Carlos looks at the ring and then looks at Abraham, and under his breath, he's like, what the fuck is that going on? I think in his car, there's definitely, like, McDonald's napkins, Wendy's napkins, like, fast food napkins that have just kind of accumulated. Mm-hmm. I think he takes one of the napkins and then picks up the ring and is Carlos the type of kid who would buy lunch at school or bring his own lunch? Probably buy, right? That's the cooler thing to do in high school. I mean, we've established that Carlos is awkward and and a little bit Oh no, so lame. he packs his own lunch then. Yeah. He packs his own lunch. So he's got a bag. He's got either like a Ziploc bag or a paper bag or something and he puts this ring in one of the empty bags in his lunch bag, either like a plastic bag or the paper bag his lunch is in. So he puts the ring in there and he puts it on his like interior passenger seat. Mm-hmm. 
And then he goes, he, like, opens the car door, puts it there, and then goes to pump gas and, like, keeps staring at it. So then when he's done pumping gas, he puts the nozzle away, he closes the gas tank, the gas thing on the car, opens the passenger seat door, picks up the ring, pops the trunk, and puts it in the trunk. Okay. And then he gets in the car and drives home. When he gets home, I think at first he leaves it in his mom's car. And then probably a couple hours into the day, at night, Uh post-dinner time, he, like, keeps thinking about this ring. He goes into the mom's car, takes the ring out, and puts it in the shed. Puts it in his parents' shed. And he's just like, I can't. This, I can't. This can't come into my house. I can't put this in my house. I gotta leave this. There's something wrong with these people. And puts it in there. And then goes to sleep. I feel like you're basing this on you, but I, I am wondering if this is actually what you would do. If some creepy kid who was dead-eyed, <laughs> That's true. who was fiddling with a ring, was like, mm-hmm. it should be you, it shouldn't be me, it should be you, leaves a ring on my car, the ring that was clearly too big for him, I'm not touching this with my hands. Also, I don't think my dad would touch it without holy water on his hands, so I feel like this is a Catholic thing and not a Diana thing. Though it could be both, and I'm the witness, so I get to decide how Carlos responds. Fair. I'm, I mean, I'm okay with it. I was just... This seems like a lot. <laughs> but... I, I think... But I think that I wouldn't... Like, I, Diana, wouldn't be able to stop yeah. thinking about it, but I wouldn't want it where I am. I'm okay. Yeah. And no, I wouldn't I, want it near my mom. Mm-hmm. It is in the shed. So, it's in the shed. That's the end of the scene. <sighs> I dig it. <sighs> it's one or two o'clock in the morning. So, not of the same night, but of the next night. Okay. So he went back to school, whatever, it's the next mm-hmm. night. And Carlos is at the abandoned house at Lake Redeemer. Why? Carlos is there because it is the only place he seems to be able to avoid the youth group people. Since he got that ring, Jacob's in his chemistry class. He noticed somebody else staring at him in some of his other classes. In the lunchroom, there was a whole table of kids staring at him quietly. He tried to go stargazing, but there were people at his spot, youth group kids, but not Pastor Tim. Okay. Pastor Tim has not appeared. There have just been these kids everywhere staring at him. So he's made his way to this abandoned house where people go. People go to this house. People hang out at these house, this house. It's where it's where the kids get drunk. It's like the drunk house. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so like, right. kids go there. So it's... A, okay. It's an abandoned house. Kids go there. There just isn't kids there now because it's one or two o'clock in the morning. That is so late. He was stargazing. He tried to avoid them and go stargazing. Okay. Okay. But now he's at this abandoned house. Okay. I guess I go to the cabin thinking that maybe some not weirdos will be there and there aren't correct yes so i am going to go into the i don't know i don't know why i would want to be here if people were following me they're not following you they're just at the places you go okay and there's no one like trailing you they just are there they're already there and, like, staring at you. Okay. I am... I 
go in and I uh, find a place to sit down that is not disgusting. I feel like uh, the theater kids bring in furniture here, I guess. I'm not allowed to do that as the witness. No, I think that's fair. Because um, the kids hang out there. So there's like random bits and like there's one couch that's clearly like super old and there's like some crates and maybe there's like a theater you know those like canvas mm-hmm. theater folding chairs I find a place to sit down and collect my thoughts before I figure out where uh, just how to get home from here the way that this cabin kind of ended up being now is that it's kind of just one really big room with two smaller rooms like on the back wall so you walk in and there's just like this huge room where I guess there should have been a kitchen was were there a kitchen and like the living area it's all one big room and then there's two smaller rooms in the back but they are like the roof's caving in like no one uses those rooms it's really just this one space here okay um but there but there are doors behind you like there were there was more to this cabin but there's not anymore and you're sitting on the couch that is facing what used to be a fireplace. The fireplace is still there, but it's not functioning and it's like there's rock everywhere and stuff like that. But above the fireplace, there is an old picture and it is directly opposite of a window. So like some of this, like the starlight and the moonlight and stuff is coming in and shining in on that window, on the picture. What do you do? I take a look at the picture. Okay. You look at the picture and it is a cameo. I think those are, that's what those called, those silhouettes. Mm-hmm. It's a silhouette. And it looks really familiar. It's of a woman and it is, so those silhouettes are usually like black on a white thing. Mm-hmm. This one isn't. It's this iridescent green on this ivory or what used to be ivory. It's kind of like the, the sunlight and stuff has kind of messed it up, but mm-hmm. it's kind of this green on this ivory background, Mm -hmm. I guess, in just an old picture frame. Um, It looks familiar. You can't quite place it. Uh, It's the signet ring. Yes, (laughs) it is. There's not, there's something wrong with it though. What is wrong with it? You can't, you, you can't, there's, it's the signet ring. You know that it's the signet ring, but you can't, there's something different and you can't figure out what it is. Okay. Has this painting always been here? No. Because you guys, I mean, you guys hang out here. Kids come here all the time. That is absolutely something the jocks would have broken. It's got glass on it. Like, it's, this has not been here for a while. But it's old, and you can tell that it's old. What do you do? I really just want to leave this house. I just want to leave. So I think I walk out. Okay. And I go back to my, well, I guess I look out the window first to see if any of the creepy kids are out by my car they're not but when you look out the window you notice that the window is off just like the picture was off okay the window is now just off and you can't quite figure out how but it's just off what do you mean it's off like the the angle is weird or the the glass pane got like you know Really, really, really old glass. How it starts to, like, warp? Yes. But you can't, like, the glass isn't warped. Like, the the more you inspect it, the more you can clearly see that the glass is not warped. But when you look through the window, mm-hmm. it looks like the glass is warped. 
where like there's just something not right there's just something not right with the window and with the picture what do you do i leave for my car okay do you get in your car yes there's something not right <laughs> what does that mean what I, it's just it's like it's i it's it's kind of, it's that sensation of you're looking through really old glass, but when you inspect it, it's not really old. There's nothing wrong with the glass. Okay. But you're looking at it and it looks like you're seeing really old glass. Like, warped and kind of weird. It's putting things on a weird angle. But there's nothing wrong with the glass. The glass okay. itself is fine. And you can so see the glass So whenever I look fine. through glass, it feels weird. Yes. All right. That is going to make driving home uh, frustrating and, I imagine, sickening. And it's going to make me a little sick to my stomach. But I make it. I, I do it anyway. I try to drive, I, I drive home. Try to make it out of, the, out of the lake, the state park that the lake is on, and get home. Right, you get home just fine. You make it home. You pull into your driveway. Do you, like, turn the car off? Put it in neutral before you get home, or do you just like drive what? up? I don't know. Do like isn't that a thing teenagers do? Then they try to make the car quiet when they get home. I don't know. I wasn't a wild teenager. No, I don't know, they do. I don't know how you do. No. I don't. Some people do. Okay, so you just drive home. You just drive home. Mm-hmm. That's it. End of the scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So the clue there was the cameo painting. Or the weird glass. The weird, the weird glass. Like okay. things just kind of seem wrong now. I have no idea what to do with the clue weird glass. It's not weird glass. It's a vi- like your mm-hmm. your vision mm-hmm. is messed up. Mm-hmm. Your vision's messed up and you're noticing it with the glass. Yeah. I just would like to point out I don't watch scary movies. <laughs> so. No, you no, I'm <laughs> you're good. Mhm. Okay, I actually think I know exactly what to do with this. Well, so in the, I so I think that you are supposed to use your the conclusions that you jump to to try to color. Oh, dang it, I forgot about my other card. I could have used my other card just then. Well, use it now. It, no, it's it, you, too late. Well, no, you say, you say it. you use it at the end of the scene. That was the end of the scene. No, mine's different. Oh. Um, which is why I almost traded it for a uh. different one. Okay. You are at home. Mm-hmm. And it's after work, or after school, rather, and you're parents. We've mentioned Carlos's mom. Does Carlos have a dad? Yeah. Uh, okay. He's a Carlos the third. What? Carlos? Our Carlos? He's a third. Okay. Because why not? Carlos's parents are what? Wait, he's not a Carlos the third. There's just like a thousand Carloses in his family, but they all have different middle names, so they're not the third. They're just all named after different Carloses in the family. That's very real life. That feels very... It's Portuguese. Really, it's very well. It's also it's not just <laughs> yeah. Portuguese, but okay. Your uh, your parents are out at work. Mm-hmm. They had to work late at wherever they work, and that weird thing with windows mm-hmm. is still going on. Uh, it hasn't let up in the past like twenty four hours. Does it only happen with windows? Is it happening with like TVs, sunglasses? Nope. Just uh, like- yes, sunglasses. Okay. Not TVs. Okay. So so, what are you doing at home alone uh, while while this while this weird thing is playing havoc with your vision? It's kind of reminding me of like when 
right before I get a migraine, I get the really bad aura. Yes. That's kind of what it's reminding me of. Yes. So, yeah. so what are you doing, Carlos? I think Carlos is trying to convince himself that this is all from sleep depri- deprivation, but it is a migraine. I think he is probably in the living room trying to take a nap on the couch. He is looking out the window. It's starting to give him, a, it's probably starting to actually give him a headache. He can't go outside because the sunglasses give him a headache. He can't look out the window. The only thing he can really do is kind of look at his cell phone, but that's kind of getting boring, and he's kind of got a headache, and there's a lot that's been happening, so I think he's just trying to take a nap on the couch. The doorbell rings. He pretends to continue to take a nap on the couch, thinking, maybe if I'm really, really still, they'll go away. There's a really loud knocking on the door. (sighs) Okay, all right, I'm coming, I'm coming. And he gets up there's like a big window uh next to the door that you can kind of view the like the front walkway up to the door through Mm -hmm. and i think maybe the the door also has like a one of those like half like semicircle windows at the top it's like a normal wooden door but it's got like that semicircle window Mm -hmm. but uh yeah the the doorbell keeps ringing ding 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 I don't know how to make a doorbell sound. That's good because he goes bring, to the he. Dream, <laughs> That's like a hotel or not yeah. a hotel, like a, an apartment. Yeah. Like buzzer, um, but he goes to the door and he's like, "I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming." He does not look through the windows. He doesn't see what who's there because this that window thing has been happening. And it's really mm-hmm. uncomfortable for him, so he doesn't look through the windows and he just opens the door. Okay, it is Pastor Tim. I knew it. And four or five youth group kids on the lawn how close i guess he was knocking on the door so he's pretty close Mm -hmm. so i think he starts to step out outside of his house and close the door behind him because he super doesn't want pastor tim in his house but now he's here and so he needs to talk to him so he's starting to close the door behind him and take like pastor tim is really close to the threshold like like standing really close i think like almost like he's trying to force his way in okay I still think that Carlos tries to do it. Okay. In like a, he's not going to physically push yeah. Pastor Tim, but he's kind of trying to kind of indicate that we're not going inside, we're going outside. Um, and he's just like, oh, Pastor Tim, what are you doing here? Uh, yeah, you push into his personal, bu- personal bubble and like yeah. making yourself very uncomfortable. Oh, yes. well, okay. Yeah, no, 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 I do. I, 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 it is hard to not put some sort of feeling on Carlos to just explain why you're doing the things that you're doing. But yes, that is exactly what happens. Like Carlos is very uncomfortable, but he would be more uncomfortable with Pastor Tim in his house. So yeah. he's like closing the door behind him and kind of getting very close. Yeah, and he does. He, he takes it. Pastor Tim takes a step back and he goes, Hi, Carlos. I heard you weren't feeling well. Me and some of the kids thought that we'd stop by and see if there's anything we can do to help. Nope. I'm good. Just a migraine. Oh, yeah? That's too bad. Is your vision a little funny? Nope. Just haven't been getting a lot of sleep lately. Stargazing and all. Mmm, yeah. You're like me in that way. I love to look through telescopes and just peer into the night sky. It's like looking into another world, don't you think? I think at this point... So Carlos had been like kind of nervously smiling while and whatever any time that he talked to Pastor Tim, he was probably like polite nervous smile. 
I think at this point, he's not politely, nervously smiling, and he is getting legitimately afraid of Pastor Tim. And he's just like, no, it's just kind of cool to see the, the stars. Oh, well, you got to think bigger than that, Carlos. Just think about how they grind down that glass into fine lenses that let you see so far away. Yep. Glass is a marvel. Even a window can show you another world, Carlos. I, I guess technically. Well, if you don't want our help, that's okay. Abraham told me he left something with you. Could I have it back, please? I don't have it anymore. He's very uncomfortable. <laughs> is, is Pastor Tim still looking at him? Yep. He's very uncomfortable. He is very uncomfortable. Uh, Pastor Tim says, uh, Carlos, it's a sin to lie. Yeah, I'm Catholic. I, I know what a sin is. If I find it, I'll let you know. Pastor Tim takes a few steps back and he goes, All right. Well, it sure would be a shame if something happened to your house and we couldn't get it back. So, why don't you go in inside and see if you can find it? Or, because he's agitated... This is not a Diana move, though it is a Diana move. He's agitated. He's a 16-year-old boy. I deal with 16-year-old boys. I know how they work. At least sometimes. He's got this headache, and this creepy-ass guy is on his property. Or his parents' property. Or, I can go inside and call the cops. Because this is getting very weird, and it sounds like you just threatened me. Pastor Tim laughs and goes, ha, 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 ha. All right, Carlos, you win. When you do find what Abraham gave you, why don't you do me a favor and just bring it down to the church? If I find it, don't you worry, you'll get it. He uh, holds out his hand for a handshake. Ugh, I think Carlos takes it. I think he shakes his hand. All right, uh, and he places his other hand over yours, uh, and then he puts a card in your hand. And then he turns around and he turns to the uh, kids and he goes, Well, looks like Carlos doesn't want to help us out right now. We'll have to wait until he decides, uh, until he changes his mind. Come on, kids, get in the van. So fucking creepy. Um, Carlos looks at the card in his hand. Uh, it is a Children of the Redeemer, a uh, little business card, Pastor Tim. And uh, it has the address of the Children of the Redeemer Church. Uh, it's an address that you recognize as being, like, in the boonies of town. Okay. So, I'm making sure that they all get into the van and drive away, and I immediately go to the shed, get my bike, get my lo get the paper bag, put it in some sort of s waterproof sport duffel. You are really treating this like it's cursed. Yes, it is cursed. It's a cursed string. Okay. I'm not touching it. You know those, like, free drawstring bags that you get at, like, cons and stuff? Mm -hmm. There's probably a couple of those sort of... Because they're, like, athletic bags. There's probably a couple of those in here. So I put the bag in one of those, and then I put that bag in another bag. <laughs> okay. And I'm wearing that bag. I'm wearing the second bag. Okay. And I start to bicycle over to the church. Carlos's thought is maybe I can beat them if I cut through like oh, yards beat them to the church. Yeah, beat them to the church if I can cut through like yards and stuff. Okay. 
So now we move into the journey into darkness, which we will be taking really quick turns, like a few sentences each, as either a narrator or a witness, and you get to choose what you are. Yeah. So I think Carlos uh, rides is riding his bike uh, and gets to the address on the card, and it is this. He uses like his phone GPS to like help him get there. And it is this little, essentially like a mobile home, like a, a, a double wide, double wide trailer yeah, sort of thing, parked in like a semi wooded area, out like in the boonies. Mm-hmm. And the van that Pastor Tim brought took all the kids in is not in the driveway. Okay, I think Carlos thinks to himself, "Yes," and he takes the ring from. He takes the bag off his shoulder, takes the bag inside that bag, and kind of, like, chucks it at the stairs. And probably as he's chucking it at the stairs, the van pulls up. So he was trying to, like, do it very quickly and get out. But now they've seen him. They're pulling in. I think uh, Pastor Tim and the kids get out. And I think the door opens and... Jacob and like the others are there and uh, you hear Jacob behind you go Carlos? Um, And Pastor Tim says Hi there Carlos, why don't you come inside? Carlos is trying really hard to think of a polite way to say fuck you no you scare the shit out of me but he knows that he's been caught in a lie because um, he said he didn't have it, and he did. They just watched him throw it at the door, and he was raised better than that. Like, he's got too many manners kind of, like, instinctively engraved in, ingrained in him. When Pastor Tim is like, why don't you come inside? I think he probably tries, like, uh, oh, no, I got to get I gotta get back to my house. I got to go. We see uh, Jacob, like, grab... Uh, Carlos's wrist and the other kids like come up and like grab Carlos and like start pushing him towards the door. Carlos is definitely going, oh shit, oh shit, I'm gonna die. But I think there's a small part of him that's like, what are these people doing? Like, what is their deal? That little bit of like curiosity, like, I'm gonna die. But maybe I'll find out what's going on. Was it Mary who was the girl in chemistry? Yeah. Uh, Mary like picks up his picks up the bag with the signet ring in it, um, and like takes it inside. And the others like pull Carlos inside. And in the front of like in the living room of this trailer, it's dimly lit. There's a lot of candles. There are chairs and a sofa kind of arranged in a semicircle uh and these candles all about and uh there's a table in the center and there's uh, of the semicircle and there's a, like a big huge book spread open there's a lot of like star charts uh and inspirational bible verses uh like hanging up in this in the living room i think the kids they're still kind of pushing Carlos into this room and I think they force him to sit on one of the couches like probably like in the middle of the couch 
so that two boys, Jacob and somebody else, can keep a hold on him while sitting next to him. And I think they kind of, like, force him down into the chair. Pastor Tim goes, uh, and he, he gets the bag from Mary, and he takes out the ring, um, and he hands it to, like, one of the kids, and he says, put this on his right hand. I think Jacob, like, grabs Carlos's hand, and, uh, they put the, uh, they put the signet ring on his hand, and it fits perfectly. I think when Jacob was grabbing Carlos's hand, I think Carlos turned to Jacob and he was like, Jacob, we don't, you don't need to do, you don't need to do this. I can just go home. You don't, you don't have to do, you don't have to do this. You really don't have to do this. And then when the ring fits perfectly on his finger, I think he starts crying as he's like, you guys, we don't have to do, I can just go home. He's not going silently into the night. Well, that's really sad. I think Pastor Tim picks up the book that's laying on the table and he starts reading from it. And it, Carlos recognizes it as uh, French. It's some, it's some sort of French book. Um, and he starts, but he doesn't recognize what it says. He just knows enough French to know that it, that it sounds French. Mm-hmm. Pastor Tim starts reading from it, and Jacob like pats Carlos on the back. Do you remember what it was that Tim said about Abraham? This is, it was his initiation. Oh, yeah. Um, and Jacob's just like, it's okay, Carlos. Carlos, it's okay. It's just your initiation. It'll be fine. Carlos is crying. He's very upset. He's really, really scared. And so he starts praying the rosary. Switches between praying the rosary and, like, begging to be let go. As Carlos is praying the rosemary... And the rosary. Rosary. <laughs> Rosemary, I think. Isn't that a whole... Isn't, isn't uh, Rosemary's Baby? Isn't that a horror movie? Yeah, I'm doing real well tonight. <laughs> I had a really good day. Um, as Carlos is praying the rosary and Pastor Tim is reading this book, uh, Pastor Tim, like, gestures to one of the kids that are standing up and they go to a... I feel like a button is, like, comically high-tech, but also a crank is comically low-tech. And I don't know which is better. A pulley? Like a... Like a... Yeah. Blinds pull? Okay, yeah. Yeah, they go to a blinds pull, and uh, they pull it, but it's, like, a thick kind of rope. Mm-hmm. And it opens up this sunroof, mm-hmm. the skylight, above Carlos. Uh, well, above the whole, like, circle, really. And it, it above or, or through the roof, uh, Carlos can see Codriel mm-hmm. in the night sky or in the evening sky, rather, like hanging there above him in the sky, like standing still. Yes, and I think we may. I don't know what triggers the final horror from the journey into darkness, but I think. The journey ends when someone chooses the role of narrator and describes how the journey ends. I think that's how the journey ends, is, okay. the, is this opening of this, this sunroof mm-hmm. uh, showing with uh, Codriel in the sky above. And then the final horror begins. So, yeah, whoever wants to describe the final horror, which could be a horrifying revelation or an encounter with some entity, gets to go. 
Um, and that's whoever thinks that they can, whoever has a good idea, essentially, for how to weave all of the clues together into, like, one coherent mm-hmm. thing. So I think we look at our conclusions one last time and kind of try to pull it all together. And then if, if we, whoever feels like they have a good idea, takes it. All right. We, t- we took a few seconds to jump to conclusions again. Uh, do you... Do you like your idea? Do you want to go with your idea? I have an idea. I don't want to go with my idea. I don't think my idea is going to be very scary. I also don't think that it's going to be very... I don't think it's going to hit everything. You've had some of our scariest scenes across all of our um, Halloween episodes. I think they're scary because I say them in like a cute voice because I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I think that's what's scary about them. I don't think the actual words coming out of my mouth are scary. Like call back to last Halloween when we did Murderous Ghosts and I my little girl started singing like the You Are My Sunshine song mm-hmm. that wasn't supposed to be scary <laughs> but it was it was supposed to be sad how could that have not been scary it was just supposed to be sad and it was very scary okay then I'm happy to take mine I am happy for you to take yours in that case I take on the narrator you take on the Witness. Witness. There is something inside the comet Kodriel. And as you look up at this celestial object, even though it is just a thin, a, a, a faint little dot, you can see this larva inside of it. This gestating thing within the comet and it sees you i recognize that it sees me or i Mm -hmm. see it seeing me you recognize that it sees you okay you can tell that from millions of miles away it is staring down and looking at you with its infinite dead eyes that's horrifying i think carl carl carlos is well and truly scared. Like, he has been this whole time, but I think he is even more horrified. I think he stops praying the rosary, though. Everyone in the room is gone. So it's just me? Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's just you and Codriel. God, that's so creepy. Watching you. And then a pale, lithe hand lays itself on your shoulder. I think I start... I'm continuing to cry. I stopped praying the rosary, but I think I I start begging that hand to just let me go. Just let me go. It's not too late. I can I can still go home. Please just let me go. You don't know French, but you recognize this is French and you also understand it. Okay. When a woman's voice says, "There there, child. Don't be afraid. You're just going to help me." Continue my research. And this woman walks out from behind you and walks up in front of you. And she's wearing very, very old clothing. Like what Carlos may or may not recognize as 1700s European clothing. Okay. With her hair all done up in in, uh, buns and um, uh, like a coarse... Well, actually, uh, let's say she's wearing... Yeah, she's wearing suit, a suit, and her hair is, is done up uh, in, a, in a tight bun behind her head. Um, and she kneels down, 
And she says, don't be afraid. Everything's going to be okay. You are now a part, you're going to be a part of something so much greater than yourself. He continues to cry and the only thing he says is one very sad, very heartbreaking, please. And he's just crying. I think she, I think she like pats him on the head and she says, there, there, you and I are the same. We're both fascinated with the stars. And now we're going to look at the stars forever. And I think we'll end that there and move to the epilogue. Thank God. This is so freaky. Okay. We have an epilogue. Where we reveal the fate of the witness and of the horror. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you are part, uh, or rather Carlos joins the children of the Redeemer as a devotee to the esteemed prophet uh, Adele Boucher, who first discovered Codriel all those many uh, centuries ago. And he, along with the other kids, um, joins, this, join, joins this religious movement um, in order to uh, study the stars and better understand their place in the universe. What happens to uh, the, the final horror? The final horror of the comet, or is it the lady? I think you can decide. I think the comet passes, and no one else talks. Of, no one talks about this comet hovering and doing anything weird. No one else sees that this weird thing has happened. That it stopped in place. That it was visible for a week. That wasn't weird, but like mm-hmm. that it behaved erratically in any way or shape or form that it it didn't it didn't behave erratically to anyone it just continues passing in the sky however its trail like the light trail that it leaves mm-hmm. is now a more greenish tint it's a different it's different now it's changed like the comet itself yeah, has yeah. changed and now it's it's leaving off a different trail but no one notices that it's changed so like none of the internet people no one else is commenting that it used to be one thing and now it's something else okay um cool so now it's just kind of forever changed and i think the woman was not real anyway so she's not real again okay the room disappeared and then she was there right yeah the room reappeared and now she's not there okay and then we never see her again okay i think and uh, and Carlos is just... He's just a part of them now. I think that Carlos is very different. Not in that he is brain dead or like is like a creepy child of the corn now. Mm-hmm. He is very confident. He talks with an age beyond his years. Um, he leads Pastor Tim in service. Uh, Pastor Tim is no longer kind of in charge. Mm-hmm. Now Carlos is in charge. Mm-hmm. And Carlos is the one drawing all these star maps and making strange arcane geometries and presenting all these new ideas to all of his friends in school. And he's the one who seems to know so much about this this old uh, turn of the century, or eight. 17th century astronomer just seems to know a lot about her 
and knows a lot about the stars, knows more about astronomy than he did last week. I like that. That's good. Okay. That's freaky. Yeah. I'm very uncomfortable with all of this. I am very (laughs) uncomfortable with all of this, so. So I think that's it. I think that's it for Redemption Nevada. Yep. I need to take, like, a cold shower. I'm actually very uncomfortable. Really? My body is very uncomfortable with this. See, so we, next week, (sighs) we are releasing uh, the game of Dead Friend that we played. And I thought Dead Friend, are you okay? You you seem very upset. This freaked me out so much more than playing Dead Friend did. No, really? Yes. Playing Dead Friend freaked me out. Weirdly, they both freaked me out in very Catholic ways. (laughs) Um, Dead Friend freaked me out, but I didn't, I had... I don't like scary movies for the same reason I don't like going on heights and I don't like swinging too high on a swing. I get this feeling in the pit of my stomach. It's the same reason I don't like roller coasters. I get this feeling in the pit of my stomach that doesn't leave. Mm -hmm. It stays. And that is happening right now. I literally literally feel like I'm going to cry. Oh, no. I am very uncomfortable with this. That must mean it's a good scary movie. That must mean it's a very good scary scary story. Did you get spooked, listener? Were you spooked and scared by our story of Carlos in Poor uh, Redemption, Nevada? Very spooked. Uh, If so, please let us know. Uh, Let us know what you think of the episode. I would be very interested to hear what you thought. If you have played Lovecraft Ask before uh, and you want to tell us what we did wrong, please let us know. Uh, We want to hear from you. You can let us know on Facebook and at Twitter at HeartPointsPod. I'm very spooked. So all of those conversations, I mean, they always happen with Zach and Zach. Anyway, it's just because I don't, I don't social media well. I don't know how to do it. Twitter especially confuses me because I'm an 80-year-old grandmother. But especially for this game, I will not engage. I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Very freaked out. I want to. I can't. Um, but you can find us at Hard Points Pod on Facebook and Twitter, and you can talk about this game. And how it didn't scare you because psh, this is baby stuff. This isn't scary. So thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you enjoyed this arc. Please join us next week for Dead Friend. It was a lot of fun. We want to say a special thank you to Zach B., our editor, without whom the show would not get made. We also want to say thank you to In Love With A Ghost for the use of their song Chilling at Nemu's Place off of the album Healing for our outro and intro. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes um, so that other people can hear our spooky, spooky episodes and listen to our not-so-spooky actual play that we do on a normal basis, which isn't spooky at all. Mm -hmm. Once again, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at HeartPointsPod. And I think that's it. Yep, that's it. Once again, thank you so much for joining us for this very special Halloween episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got a little bit spooked. And we hope to see you again next week. In the meantime, have a very nice day. But like a very nice one that's not full of spooky things or cursed objects or anything spooky at all. You got so afraid of that ring. Zachary, it's cursed.